Welcome on board to this, the 1259 Express service to London St. Pancras International. Calling it intrigue, discourse and turpitude. The buffet is located in coach F and the quiet carriage is located in coach A with DJ Paulette and Gavin Kingsley. Do pay attention to the safety posters and please don't block the aisles with baggage, emotional or otherwise. I am absolutely laughing at the redness of your face and you putting your coat down in such a huff. You just made this trip. <laughs> yeah. What happened? You've got the face of someone that needs to talk. Basically, I really wanted a coffee. But, like, it wasn't that I wanted coffee. I really wanted cake. So I went to get said cake and ordered a coffee, but then discovered they'd sold out of anything sweet. And then it felt oh like I was. Then it felt like the coffee was naughty. Like I didn't deserve the caffeine if there was no cake. You're baffling me already. There, there's some deal with the devil going on about this coffee and cake thing. It's just get both. Then in the end, I um, compromised and walked out with a decaf. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got sidetracked and went to Mark Spencer's. And mm -hmm. I've just had a um, bread binge, hence my nearly missing the train. <laughs> a bread binge? What bread did you, did you get though? Was it worth? Was it worth the binge? Well, and was it worth actually nearly bringing it up by the time you got on the train? It, it was a brioche bun with the M&S butter with sea salt flakes. Oh joy, that sounds glorious. So yes. Glorious. But I'm out of breath now. <laughs> you don't sound out of breath. You've calmed down now. <laughs> You've calmed down. And you should have seen um, me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been calm the last few days. How can you be calm when there's a full moon? But there isn't a full moon anymore. Yeah, but this is the, there isn't a full moon anymore. But everyone's acting like there's a full moon still. I always act like there's a full moon, you know I do. Yeah, but this is like exceptional circuit. I mean, even my mum this morning, I, I called her up and she literally hung up on me after like two seconds. Why? Because she has this thing that her phone is broken because she doesn't get to it in time. Right. <laughs> and it's like, so, I, so, so, so I, I said hi and she said, did you let it ring out? Was that you? I said yes. And then I said, mum, there's nothing wrong with your phone. And she hung up on me. I think that response is the response of somebody who has really had enough. Like, just that phone is the last straw. That or the comment you made about they're nothing there being nothing wrong with the phone is the last straw it's just like when you said to me i've been complaining about this mac since i bought it it's had the keyboard replaced it's had the motherboard replaced it's a brand new mac and it is still line jumping when i'm typing on it and when you said to me last week it's the way you type but it is <laughs> It is. I only know this because I had the same thing. 
I am at my wit's end with this. Listen, <laughs> what I've worked out is that the we don't realise the way... I mean, I could be wrong, but this is what... When I got the, that Mac with the touch bar, we don't realise how we rest our hands and that our fingertips are longer maybe than we think. And the way I was resting my hands before I got that Mac was kind of touching those top keys. And... No... I learned that I had to literally change my whole um, position so as not to touch. This I understand. There are ways that you can touch keys which do trigger responses. And um, I am very aware of that. But I have changed positions and had it wedged up at an angle to type to keep my wrists off it and so that I'm just touch typing with my fingers because I once again reported it to Apple's <laughs> have they told you it's, have, have they told you it's the way you hold your hands you position your hands they've told me lots of things but then they've replaced things that were wrong with the laptop that were actually physically wrong so they know I'm not a hundred percent a lonely person who has got so tired of lockdown that all they want to do is call <laughs> so anyway aside from that I can feel your mum's pain on that phone I know where her brain is with that phone I blame everything on the full moon I really do it doesn't have to happen today <laughs> the full moon is my excuse for everything I, I actually i've got four excuses for everything at the moment full moon covid brexit no just three excuses for everything yeah full moon covid and brexit i mean the thing with the full moon is that i you know i really think it would be to everybody's advantage is when we're approaching the full moon and particularly on the day of the full moon you know like on the news it's actually kind of like an, like on the weather there's actually like a an alert moon. because the amount of time something's happened and then you know I realise afterwards oh, it was a full moon it got me again yeah it's like, like we spoke about this full moon thing because I said to you there isn't a single thing that I've touched that hasn't slipped broken <laughs> king yeah, hurt me <laughs> yeah we talked about it on the phone I had a day like that last week where that's and it was and bizarrely it was actually on the full moon first thing was I I had to post a pair of shoes I'm at UPS, so I go Not down. Those to nice the... ones you showed me. They, they, they... Can we no, no, can no, we no, just no. bow down to those trainers no, that no, you no. bought the other day? Though? So then I, I so I went to UPS, and then I didn't have a mask, which is really unlike me. It just well, it fell off. I did have a mask when I left the house, but it it slipped off my wrist or whatever. So then he wouldn't let me in. So I had to walk back to my flat to get a mask. And then I, you know, 20 minutes later, I will back to the UPS. And of course, I left the shoes in the flat. Oh no. <laughs> so then we're back. And then on the way back, I see the mask that I lost originally was on the floor. <laughs> so I picked it up as well. Then I went to Waitrose, two bags. They both split 
mid street um, and then it's funny because I was walking into my building and the guy was laughing because it says there must be something wrong with the batch of Waitrose bags because everyone's walking in holding their bags <laughs> true story <laughs> true story that's um, a classic and then something else happened as well where you know, but yeah I, a lot of people they have they live by where the moon is in the sky and they plan their month and meetings and holidays and dates and marriages and weddings based on where the moon is yeah which actually seems like a really and there's like you can buy moon diaries that actually help you do this um that sounds like a really sensible way of living to me. <laughs> but there's certain things that i do yeah, I mean, I think we're all affected by it, but I think once you become aware how, how much we are affected by it as individuals, you know, you can start to do something about it. But one of the things that I do is, well, what do you do? Like, is there, on, on full moon, is there like, a, do you have a ritual? Me? Well, first of all, um, the night before the full moon, and I always laugh at, there, there's two songs, there's turntables by Janelle Monet and there's Beyonce Black Parade and say White Sage or Crystal so I white sage the house <laughs> the night before and I put my crystals out so they can be cleansed and purified under the rays of the full moon for the night and I leave them out for the next night so they can get the back draft of when the like when the new moon is coming. So I put my crystals white sage incense it. And then for myself I over yoga. I've been over yogaing since the last full moon. But it started yeah at the last the one before I started really going mad for doing session after session after session on the full moon night and yeah I did it again this month that's my preparation and writing in my diary I seem to actually hit my diary square on the full moon every month and not even by design or planning but every time I open it it's just like oh that I last wrote in this at the last full moon. So, there Yeah, I think you come, there, there comes a point where you... Cycle. You almost know. And I know it sounds absolutely... It does, it sounds a bit loopy juice, doesn't it? It does, but but not really. I mean, it... it... Almost 70% water. If we are. Actually, speak, I was speaking about that earlier because I was just trying to describe to someone um, a sound bath because it's, it's something that I really miss in the last year is not being able to attend a proper sound bath in person yeah but one of the things I have been doing is um floating have you have I taken have I taken you to a float before no we've only been to Mr foot massage person who is exceptional yeah, I'm still so. bruised by him I went last week <laughs> I actually think he drew blood last week I did I mean <laughs> and you know and I, and I, you had a lot of crystals and I, and I, and I was actually screaming actually that might be done the full moon I was actually screaming and he just laughed 
But um, you've had a really weird few weeks, haven't you? Yeah, but but floating is—I can't believe I've never taken you. So I've been no. doing it for about twenty years. Well, where do you go? Where is it? Um, so the place that I go to is called Floatworks, and uh, they used to be in London Bridge. And I want to say, I was probably going when I was at Ministries. So I've been going pretty much for twenty-five years. Yeah, is this the one that was near? Um when you say London Bridge, is it near the Clink? Because oh, there was one that Patrick Lilly sent me to yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's, it, it, that's where it was, yeah. Is it? Right, it's, okay. I mean, it's long gone from there. They reopened just when I moved back to London in Vauxhall um, about five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I started going and, and I've been going pretty much religiously since then. So depending on, you know, state of mind where I am, I've been going at least once a month, but some months, I'm be- I mean, I've been going once a week actually at the moment. Um, but what it is, you- Do you have music playing while you're in the tank? No, so when you, how it works is, you know, you, the, the tank is filled with um, body temperature water and I don't know how many tons of Epsom salts. So mm-hmm. enough to make you float basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go in and you close the lid and the idea is it's kind of like a, a form of sensory deprivation yeah um so your ears are plugged so the water doesn't go in your ears and mm-hmm. ideally you turn the light off um and then they play music for 10 minutes but actually i always are because I, I mean i've been doing it for so long i actually find the music irritating because i'm almost waiting for the music to end before i yeah so they know not to play music when but uh, but some obviously something is different for some people um and recently you know, and you just your body your brain has nothing else to do because all your muscles are literally floating so the first few times you go um i think your brain is a little bit overactive yeah i had monkey mind i couldn't settle yeah no and that i think it's a really hard place it's a hard one to actually take someone and say you're going to love this because actually it takes a few yeah um for me because i've been going so many years and particularly i think the last since they've reopened and the stress and just generally you know just anxiety and stress and tiredness i've literally been going in there and i'm out like into such a deep sleep that's beautiful yeah they say the one hour in the tank is equivalent to eight hours sleep amazing even if you don't fall asleep because most people don't fall asleep it's not the aim the aim isn't to go in there and fall asleep it's great if you do but even if you're irritable in there you're still getting the benefits you know afterwards um so yeah next time you come down we'll uh, we'll go I'd like to experience it again. I know there there were two reasons why I couldn't settle. One was because um, I had lots of hair at the time when I went in and I just had my hair done. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. A load of salt and you've just had your hair done. It just it was just like throwing money down the drain. It's like, well, that was a daft idea. Um, and the other reason was my brain would not settle down. I had the light off. 
and I wanted to chill and I know how to chill generally you know with yoga and meditation and everything I know how to chill but I just could not settle down I mean yeah sometimes you know I go and in fact you know before we opened so like in the middle of the last well you know lockdown two and three every time I went I was I was like that, which annoyed me because I did a point where I couldn't wait for it to finish. Mm. But I was still going because I know it's still working, just because. But at a moment, um, and also I think it depends what time you go mm. as well. Um, when do you go? Do you go first thing well, in the morning or last thing at night? Weirdly, I've been falling asleep deepest when I'm going into two o'clock in the afternoon. That's your so cycle, that's, though. Have you gone full so, day by then? around that have I, you done seven I've, I've, hours I've by done, then i've done two days by because <laughs> you're up really early yeah by you know i mean by by eight o'clock this morning i'd i'd woken up had breakfast gone for a swim and cleaned the house and it was like 7 50. do you want a coffee yeah please no i'm not coffee tea 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 you know i don't drink this is a special announcement for passengers in the choir carriage do please keep conversation to a minimum and no mobile phones I can hardly hear myself think. Hmm, thank you. God, these things are... Can you drink your coffee that hot? Extra hot, you know me. I hate it when I you get... A, um, if I get a flat white and it's, you know, cold after 30 seconds. I suppose it makes a difference if it's got milk in it, but when it's just like two million degrees and you've got a peppermint tea <laughs> i was finding that with french press um i was getting really bad heartburn but i didn't know it was i didn't know it's from french press actually um but it turns out you know it makes coffee really acidy all oh, right um so someone recommended buying an aeropress do you know what that is i have really right now i have no clue what you're talking about <laughs> I'm just nodding. So, <laughs> so when you get home, check AeroPress. It's literally, I think it costs about £12. And it's so clever. So what it is, you just, it's like these two plastic, literally two pieces of plastic. You put the coffee in the bottom and you kind of like turn it shut. And then you um, press down. So you're pushing, you're, you're basically creating pressure. A vacuum, yeah. Yeah, and you, you push it down till, till it creates the vacuum until you can't push and then that's it your coffee's made then you top it up with water if you want like a long coffee um and they have all kinds of they have like aeropress championships and there's like loads of different ways of using it and making it and it's like you know there's lots of debate on youtube and on how to make the best aeropress but um since i've been using it i don't get that kind of heartburn or anything i'm surprised and also aghast at how bigger science it is and also how big an industry coffee has become you know when i have a coffee i got a feeling it's almost as bad as asking for pineapple on pizza <laughs> in, which i love obviously but um you know i think it's that kind of the, the water has to be and the milk needs to be at a certain temperature and anything more yeah than yeah it's rude you've, you know you've burnt it <laughs> it's basically. rude it's like putting um it's like putting the tea bag in after the milk and water. How disgusting. That's how they make it on the plane. Oh. 
Hang on, hang on. Let me think about that. The tea bag in after. Who does that? Some people do make tea like that. They're, they're savages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how long? Do you, yeah, I mean, but I, we all know how to make a cup of tea. But how? I mean, how? How often do we actually make it? <laughs> Don't give me no wishy-washy tea like they do on Air France. But it is though. It is one of those things that when someone else makes you a cup of tea, it always tastes better. True. Generally, generally, unless they do it really, really wrong. But in Manchester, it's a rare occasion where you'll get an awful cup of tea. Most people here know how to make tea. So I need to go, I need to get on the train soon and come up. It's been yeah, you do. But soon. I need to come to you because you said uh, Kasama's opening. Yeah, next week. Oh. I mean, it's quite... You know, it's, it's weird. It feels different to last time when things reopened because it actually feels like this time. Well, let's not jinx it, but it, it, you know, we're, we're definitely in a better state than we were last July. Um, do you have to... I've forgotten. Do you have to book for Kasama? Well, you will have to book now, don't you? Because I really want to see that. I don't want it, I don't want it to pass. I mean, it's such a shame because that's one of the reasons why I bought my membership and then I've had to cancel my membership because of having no money. The thing with, the thing with Kusama, wherever I've seen any of her stuff around the world, is that obviously it's so popular and obviously so Instagrammable mm. that they, wherever I've been around the world, they're really strict on timings. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw her in... Actually, it was in London, an amazing gallery near me, and um, it was it was about four years ago. And but yeah, there were you know you you were basically allowed in the rooms for forty five seconds, oh. maybe it was thirty seconds, but they let us go in a couple of times, <laughs> you know. Whereas, and then I saw um, was it beautiful? I, yeah, then I saw one in LA, but it was the same. It's like you're literally out thirty seconds, and it was the same with the Tate Modern as well when she did. You know, there's that many people when you and you can only be in there by yourself obviously mm. otherwise it spoils it it's not like you're like you can have 10 people walking around i mean you could but it wouldn't it would that would be even an even worse experience because um, it's again that sense of sensory deprivation or sensory like a heightened um sense of perception and spatial awareness and yeah so i mean it's yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I did go to a gallery on Saturday, actually. Um, it was a weird one. I knew it was on, but it was, you know, when you just like, you know, something's on, you know, it's finishing. And then you remember on the last day, and then you go on the website, and it's normally sold out. Well, literally, they had one more place. So I was there in 20 minutes from booking the ticket, um, the, the Gilbert and George. It's it called the beautiful. New, yeah, I mean, it's called the new normal. To be, I mean, you know, I didn't. I've, it wasn't my. I've seen lots of this stuff. It wasn't my. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't. I didn't think it was amazing actually. But it was amazing being in a gallery and being in front of all that. Being immersed in art after being locked down. It's just seeing people. It's a weird thing. Or just you know. I mean, I'm you know. I'm not a drinker, so it's not. I haven't rushed to the pub, mm. but I do get pleasure out of walking past the pub and people just outside drinking. It is, I mean, it's, it's just the strangest thing, you know, I've been working for the last few weeks and it's the amount of pleasure I get from just people watching. Yeah, I can understand that. 
and seeing people meeting their friends and and there was a table to the right of me when I was playing um, table of four girls who came and sat down to the right of the decks just in front and when they arrived at the table they sat down and two of them just in sync went <laughs> happy dance and it just touched me so deeply I just thought oh my god people must just be <laughs> either at that point of going out of their minds or they've got to that point where this is just the release like yes we can go out and see our friends I really feel that things have opened at exactly the right time in the sense mm. that any longer would be a, dis a real disaster on mental health people, so, had, uh, people have just reached another day would be a day too long yeah it's reaching the edge yeah. all the ultimate I mean, edge all of it, it's, just, it's just that, that pressure and, and I, I don't know how you've been feeling but I, I, even though we're still not doing very much I'm absolutely exhausted yeah and it's not exhaustion of doing things it's exhaustion of just processing and dealing with the last year and then mm. you know we've all kind of like been in survival mode in whatever way shape or form and you know we're here but now it's like our body like right it's like and it, honestly I'm, it's, it's I'm so, but everyone is the same i've noticed that people are with work people are taking longer to respond but everybody's the same it's mm. not a kind of someone being lazy it's just, you know we're just all taking it and there's a sense of being overwhelmed as well there's two things that i've spoken to people about and it's a very general a general consensus and and one of them is that we've gone from it feels like we've gone from nothing to everything and everyone wants the decisions now and everyone wants the everyone wants the plans made now and everyone wants you to do everything and they want you to do everything really quickly and really well and just hit the ground running there's no space for actually oh let me just think about that for two days <laughs> you've just got no space to have that sense of relaxed decision making it's like you're in a burning building with no fire exits <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think like you know you said what what are you going to do i think like next week obviously things are i'm going to the cinema on the monday you know what are you going to see nomadland I, no i've got that here actually i need to watch it um when you sit in that screening room you will get this rush of uh, yeah i mean because i did go once last year to the cinema um, so the, the night before lockdown I went to see the first lockdown I went to see Parasite oh yeah and I don't think we realised what was about well not about the film um, what was about to happen what was about to happen we mm. didn't you know we didn't really there was definitely a sense of this is the last time we're going to be in the city but I don't mm. even think we knew but we just no I, I we didn't not I when Parasite remember, was out but, but mm -mm. when I 
when the cinemas were open last year. There wasn't much, but I really wanted to see Rocks, which obviously has turned out to be this huge film. Um, but it was just the wrong film to see in a cinema last year. I mean, it was the only film, I think. But it just... It didn't feel like being in the cinema because you were really aware that there was still no vaccine, there was still... It, was, it hadn't gone away anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and every... I don't know what it was, but it felt like every other minute there was this kind of like crazy UV flashing that I think was some kind of right. anti-something. Germ killing. Which basically, you know, see that kind of thing about being in a cinema and going to another universe. Like every two minutes you had the flash. It was like, oh. Yeah, it just wakes you out. It flicks you out of the universe. So, because yeah. the thing about the cinema is, it, it's again that sensory deprivation a sense of sensory deprivation or focus where you're deprived of everything else around you but you're focused on the screen and then you then become engaged with that world that's mm -hmm. created in front of you and you find your place somewhere within that story within that visual you find your place now if there's this if somebody opens a door <laughs> and lets the light in or if you've got somebody with a phone next to you and they, it uh, lights you know, up. Uh, yeah, when people, I remember last year, you know, again, before you know, before lockdown, it was really like the week before, two weeks before lockdown, I went to see the Madonna Madame X show. Do you remember? Yeah. And that was a weird thing as well, because obviously the tickets were so expensive. But in hindsight, it didn't matter because we didn't spend any more money to rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> But it didn't. Do you know what? It's like it was expensive. It was worth it. But it was the only. It was the only entertainment that we had the entire year. So um, has she done something recently with Madame X? Is there a she's there's video? A, yeah, she's been working months doing a. She's. It's going to be on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It will be. Yeah, and she's spent a. It's like she's spent a lot of time on it. So wow. Um, I don't think you know it, it is is an ama it is an amazing show. Which shows do you know? Um, Portugal. Why there? Because the album was recorded in Portugal. It's a Portuguese album. Oh, I see. Okay. Not language, but no one had any clue. Then, no clue at all that was about to happen. And it's interesting seeing the people and the artists who have maintained some kind of um, action whether it's releases films life they've managed to sustain this through lockdown and come out of it like Madonna with like um, something to show know, a film on Netflix yeah and I mean she's she was lucky. She was lucky or unlucky because she did that tour, but then of course the tour was a you know a complete. You know she hurt. I mean the, she hurt herself. She hurt herself mm. to the point where she's literally she's only just walking again. Mm. She hurt herself, but there's a lot of stairs in that set, and when you see it, it's like you, there's, there was a there was a certain point in the show where she's at the bottom of the stairs and she's looking up, and you could tell. In, you can tell her face like oh fuck Those stairs she's got to climb a mountain now mm. but she did mm. she you know she 
hurt herself. Because um, that's the thing, when you're 60, if you fall and if you tear a muscle, it does not repair. No matter how much money you've got, no matter how good a doctor you've got, it does not repair as quickly. Not when, well, it certainly doesn't when you've got to go, go on stage every night. Plus, no, of course, it doesn't. what she didn't know at the time was that she was touring as COVID was spreading. So they were all getting sick, but I don't think you know they uh, didn't realise. And of course, you know, there's a lot of audience interaction as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fist bumps and there's a lot of. Yeah, you know, she's in the crowd a lot, so yeah, um, you know, she probably was the super spreader of the century. Did she get it? She she was never sick, but it turned out that all her dancers had the antibodies. So wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> interesting, really interesting. I mean, she's she's come through it really well given that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think she's made like a documentary kind of film, not just a, not just of the tour, but I'm mean, not just a, it's not just a concert film. I think there's a. It is a documentary, like her other documentary tour films. I think all those artist ones on Netflix are documentaries, though, like Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish. They're they're, they're all they they all look into so much. More. The Taylor Swift, you know what? The Taylor Swift one I hadn't seen till recently because I never. It, it, again, but before I didn't. I wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't the kind of artist that would appeal to me, but. You think? In lockdown, those two albums were just literally just—I mean—the soundtrack to my lockdown. I think they were oh. incredible. She's a really good songwriter, Taylor Swift. I have to hand it to her. She's a brilliant songwriter. She is, and I think as she's grown up, obviously she's no longer a little girl, so you can relate more to her lyrics now than mm. when she's talking about being sixteen and you're thirty-five. Yeah, what's up again, off at? Um, I'm off at that Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached our final destination. Before you leave the train, have a good look round. Make sure you have all your luggage and your valuables and anything else you came with. This podcast was produced by theradiodepartment.com.